Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Father, <laughs> we come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, we just thank you for the anointing. And it's the anointing that makes preaching and teaching easy. And Father, I thank you for that mantle, that anointing. I step into those offices that you've called me to. And I thank you, Father, I flow out of that grace. I thank you that this will be the best Mother Day's message that I've ever preached up to this point. And I thank you, Father, for the anointing that opens eyes and, and, and places the word of God and deposits and grace deposits in Jesus' name. Lift up your hands and say, Father God, grant unto me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, that the eyes of my understanding may be flooded with light, that I may know what is the hope of your calling and what are the riches of your glorious inheritance in the saints and what is the immeasurable greatness of your power towards me who believes. In Jesus' name, I receive Grace deposits today that will affect my, the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So let's, let's go and um, let's look at um, 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy is, a, is one of Paul's last letters. He's writing it specifically to his son in the faith, Timothy. And he had another son, Titus. And I imagine he had a few others. He knows that his time is short upon the earth. And he's writing this letter to encourage his son in the faith and warn his son of false teachers and false brothers and sisters and people who have turned away from him. Uh, I was talking to a pastor recently and he was um, some people left this church and um, actually a leader left this church. And, you know, it really bothered him. And, and I just told him, I said, welcome to ministry. And the thing about it is, if people, well, let's go back to in, in heaven. If angel, uh, um, the archangel, Lucifer, decided to leave God, it was a perfect environment. There was no sin. Right. Lucifer convinced one-third one of the angels to leave. God. What leadership, right? <laughs> and then you go to the garden, perfect environment again. No sin. Just instructions from God. And yet, Adam and Eve decided to leave the commandment of God for Satan. And then we go to Jesus. And some people are, oh, I wish I could see Jesus. Oh, I could wish I could see Jesus. And Jesus will say to you, if you don't believe the writings of Moses, then you won't believe me if, if I even came. And so we're not to be moved by visions and dreams. Thank God for those things. But if you are looking for something other than the scriptures, you will you greatly miss God. And so Jesus was in the flesh and these disciples, 12 disciples were in his presence all the time and minister with him for three and a half years. And yet one of them decided to betray him. 
Can you imagine that? I mean, we would think, oh, if, if, if only Jesus, only one touch. A touch from Jesus will not only change your life, but sometimes a touch of Jesus will harden your life. Either you're going to run to him or run away from him. And so here in the disciples, um, one decided to leave him and betray him. And then at one point, all of them betrayed him or left him. So don't be deceived. And so as we look at the, the age that we're living in and the times that we're living in, don't be deceived that people, great people who once was on fire for God, can lose that fire and, and walk away. The Bible boldly says, and we'll talk about it in two weeks, that we, we actually got a message called Thriving in the Last Days, not just Surviving. Uh, um, Rick Renner has a book called Surviving. I, I, I don't like the whole terminology of surviving, but we are thriving in the last days. And so uh, here Paul is a, a man of God who prayed in tongues more than anybody, <laughs> including PD. <laughs> and he decided he wrote over two thirds of the New Testament. And yet people and he says in first second Timothy chapter one that. Those that were in Asia turned from me. Oh, that's, that's, that's so heartbreaking. Here's Paul, a man of God. So it's not just about being with a man or woman of God. It's about really being connected with God. And sometimes people will walk away. So don't be, don't be, de don't be deceived in thinking that, that no one's ever going to leave you. If you get on fire for God, you're going to have some people leave you. There's some people that will be burnt off out of your life and some bridges burned because they choose not to be around the Jesus in you. And if they did not love Jesus, they will not love you. Come on. And I don't know why the world, the church is trying to appease the world with such a theology that will help to affirm them and their sins. And yet, if you stand up for Jesus and go hard after God and flame the gifts of God inside of you, <laughs> they're going to leave you too. They're going to hate you too. If they hated Jesus, they're going to hate you as a Christian. When you really stand up and be the church, expect persecution. It is not the cross itself that has power. It's the message. And the message itself is offensive. And Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 4, I'm ahead of myself, that actually says, Alexander the coppersmith did me great harm, and God, the Lord may the Lord reward him according to his deeds, because he greatly opposes our message. It is the message that is offense to the world. Yeah. And so when you get this spiritual deposit, and, and you begin to understand it, and you begin to walk in it, and you begin to allow the Jesus that's inside of you to come out of you, then the world will oppose the very message that you're preaching. Y'all yeah. got me preaching in here. I'm, I'm really supposed to be expositioning the vision. Second Timothy chapter two. <laughs> yes, mama. Second Timothy. Second Timothy. Let's go over there. I sense the Holy Ghost warning us of such a time that we're living in. 
and we need to equip ourselves with the gospel. We need to understand it and we need to eat it and we need to think about it and we need to become uh, living fleshed out this gospel, letting Jesus, the Christ, live his life through us and that he will become a threat to the enemy. He has come to destroy the works of the enemy, not only in your life, but in the lives of your loved ones. Second Timothy chapter two, verse one. The making of an honorable vessel. I, I don't know about you, but I want to be a vessel meant for the master's use. There's some vessels that are of dishonor. And Lord, deliver us from dishonorable things that we may become a vessel meant for the master's use. I want to be usable in God's kingdom. There's some believers that are not usable. And I don't want to be one of those vessels. And so I'm going to give you some, some, some requirements of the making. And I can tell you that this is going to be a part two next week. I thought I, I tried to squeeze it all in in one, one service, but it, it just won't happen. <laughs> Glory to God. And so, Father, as your son and your slave, I come boldly before your throne. And I thank you, Father, for this anointing that you've placed upon me. I thank you for holy boldness. And I thank you for the fire of God burning off the shelf and the things that, are, that, that have hindered us from being a vessel meant, meant for the master's use. And Father, we want to be used for you. Make us usable, God. Oh, God, our Father, may we be a Make us an instrument of, of righteousness and an instrument, of a vessel, Father. Oh, God, I thank you that you yourself are seeking vessels to flow through. And because there's so much junk in these vessels that you can't flow freely through it. And Father, I ask by the power of your word, the cleansing power of your word, that you will cleanse the vessels so that you can flow freely through it. That ugly stuff that's inside of the hearts and the souls, the things, the jealousy, the pride, the anger, uh, the, 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 the entitlement, those things that have hindered the flow, the, the flow of the spirit in our lives. Remove it with the precious word of God, with the water of the word. Let the gushing winds of the spirit by the word cling out the vessels so that there can be a clean a flow of the spirit in the name of Jesus and what I see is I see vessels like a pipe and it's like the spirit of God is trying to flow but because there's so much junk and debris in it and that it's not able to flow through but if you allow the word and the Holy Ghost to flow through it it'll cleanse that vessel out so that it can be an openness for the flow of the spirit and you'll be a met vessel met for the master's use. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, verse 1 in chapter 2, verse, um, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, it says, You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. What a powerful uh, passage. I think, I, I think, I think, I think, I think, I think about this verse every day. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. As a young lad person, I, I never forget, I was a teenager, and a man of God, a big brother in Christ, he actually told me to read First and Second Timothy and Titus every single day. And I took that to heart, and I began to read it. And, um, and I tell you that it's, if you think about ministry, you should read those passages, because those passages are a great richness of how to really do ministry the way God, how to prepare the messenger in the light of um, being ready to be used by God. 
And so as I, I was going through another series and the Holy Ghost told me, and when I say told me, I, I didn't hear audible voice. Let me clarify that. Just heard on inside of me, the inner witness. That's how he speaks. He doesn't always speak. If you always hear voices, then you, you need, probably need some deliverance. <laughs> but he leads by the inside, on the inside. The inner witness, he leads from the inside out. The devil can, can, can accommodate us by what we hear physically. He doesn't tickle our flesh, but he speaks to our spirits. And so 2 Timothy chapter, and so um, I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, he says, I want you to preach to 2 Timothy. And my logic is, I haven't preached to 1 Timothy. <laughs> I'm like, wait, come on, Lord. Like, what's up? And, and I said, and, and I like to, I mean, uh, I try to read through the passages like tw- at least 25 times. And in my mind, I was like, I'm going to read through 2 Timothy 100 times before I preach it. And the Holy Ghost said to me, you've been studying this since you were a teenager. So you got enough in you that I can pull on. I said, okay, all right. I still don't feel like I'm ready, (laughs) but here we are in 2 Timothy chapter 2. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is given, that is in in Christ Jesus. So notice that Paul is telling his son in the faith. In light of the verses above it, you do know that when this letter was written, there was no chapters and verses. (laughs) And those chapters and verses are a blessing, but they also a curse because they'll stop the flow of a thought. And so in light of what Paul just got finished saying, he mentioned two guys that forsook him. He also says those that were in Asia um, turned from him. He's telling him, telling Timothy, in light of all, all, all that have forsaken me, I want you to understand to be strong uh, by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Be strong with this grace and by this grace. In other words, Paul is telling Timothy, receive grace for strength for endurement, endurance, endurance uh, to, to endure abandonment, to receive grace to suffer, all the strength of God be your portion by grace. This grace is found no other place than in Christ Jesus. He says, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. In other words, this grace is not found anywhere else. You can't find grace in the world. There's no grace in the world, but in Christ, all the grace and all the graces that you need to endure whatever your challenge you're going through right now, you have grace in Jesus. That's good news, right? It says um, this, it says, be strengthened, be strengthened. In other words, you have to allow strength to come in by grace, grace, God's unmerited favor. Another, trans, another definition of grace is <laughs> acronyms that somebody came up with many years ago, probably before any of us were born, is, is God's riches at Christ's expense. I love that. God's riches at Christ's expense. Another definition of grace in the Greek, it means uh, that the divine, and I found this as a teenager, the divine influence upon one's heart and the reflection of the influence in one's life. That's grace. God's influence, the divine influence upon one's heart, and that grace reflects in one's life. In other words, if you're really operating in grace, there's some fruit. So all these people talking about grace, and they sinning, and they fornicating, and smoking, and all drinking, that's not grace. 
<laughs> that's a hyper grace. That's an unbiblical grace, a grace that's not found in Jesus. They, don't, they deny him with their deeds. <laughs> Let me stop. <laughs> uh, and so here Paul says, be strengthened in his grace. Be strengthened in him. We live and move and have our existence. Be strong in the power of his might. The strength is only found in Christ. It reminds us of the timeless truth that has probably been quoted more than um, just about or right under John 3.16. is Philippians 4.13. Paul says, I can do all things through Christ. You can do all things through Christ which strengthens you. That's what he's talking about. You can do all things. Paul is, I mean, Timothy is challenged. He's pastoring the church at Ephesus. Um, he has some problems with um, kind of like confidence. He has no confidence. Um, people are coming against him because of his age. He's a young pastor, probably in his 30s. And this church is a somewhat mega church. Jesus Mother Mary is there at the church, and so he's pastoring Jesus' mother. That would intimidate anybody. <laughs> oh, Jesus' mother, you saw the man raised from, you know, you know, he turned water into wine. He, he prayed, and he, I mean, he just probably was playing, um, you know, he was playing with his cousin John the Baptist, and they were probably playing um, um, Israelites and um, the Philistines, and, and Jesus wanted to play the great I am. Oh, you know, perhaps, I don't know. Who knows? Um, and so he, he, he's intimidated and he has he, he's timid about this assignment that God has called him to to stand in and to do. And so Paul says, you know what? I need you to be strong. I need you to be strong. If you think that's something you have seen nothing yet, because there's going to be a, a time when people are going to heap up teachers for themselves. And they're going to oppose what you're teaching because they don't like you're not preaching for their itching ears. And so he's telling him to be strong in this grace, uh, live out this grace, do ministry by grace. Because as, as a reminder, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Let's look at verse two. And what we, what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Let's look at this. It says, in other words, you heard some things from me. You heard the gospel. You heard the gospel uncut, raw gospel, the gospel that deals with the sinfulness of humanity, the gospel that deals with the perfection of Jesus, the sinless life of Jesus, the substitutional atonement of Jesus, the, 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 the fact that the great exchange took place at the cross, that Jesus became a curse that you may be, have the blessing of Abraham. Jesus became sick that you may be well. Jesus became poor that you may become rich. Jesus was oppressed to give you peace. Jesus was at war with Father God so you can have peace with Father God. You understand this gospel. You, you have heard from me, the man that was not, was out of season and, and that was not in sync, was not part of the original apostles and yet he called me. You, you know this gospel. You heard it from me. And he goes on, he says, I want you to find faithful individuals who will teach others. <clears throat> this deposit, this gospel, this life changing message. You do know that there's no other message that can save like the gospel. There are great messages, but they don't have any eternal effect on humanity. And so Paul says, I need you to trust 
faithful, select faithful people who would teach others. In other words, I want you to make disciples that will make disciples that will make disciples that will make disciples that will make disciples. What you've seen and heard in my life transmitted to others who would be able to do the same thing. See, the gospel isn't to be kept for ourselves, but it's to be shared with others. This is some, some, some tea that you need to spill. Okay. Yeah. yeah, sometimes we're, tea, we're spilling tea and it, it, it's, it's nothing but damaging. But, but here's some good tea. Some overflowing tea, because he says he'll fill your cup to overflowing. So let that tea, that tea of the gospel, the sweetness of the gospel, that tea that will cause your blood sugar to make, make things right, to, to lower your cholesterol. Come on, green tea, one-on-one. I'm telling you, I'm sorry. I thought it was in another class. You need to allow this tea to spill over to such an effect that it, it begins to fill somebody else. And it spills, spills over in their life, and it spills over to other people's life, and this gospel can continue until he comes. Yeah. That's, what, that's what Paul is saying. Look for faithful individuals yeah. who will teach others. Yeah. Don't, don't keep it to yourself. It's so good. This gospel is so good. I can't keep it to myself. I got to tell it to my kids. I got to live it before my kids. I got to tell it to my coworkers, my mama, my daddy. I got to tell it to my grandparents, my cousins, my brother cousins, sister cousins. I got to tell it to my friends. I got to tell it to everybody. It's so good and so precious that we can't keep it to ourselves. When you get the real Jesus, he want to evangelize in you. Come on. Paul told Timothy, do the work of an evangelist. You may not be called to be an evangelist, but you need to have the fruit of an evangelist. Because every, every, everybody, everybody in the body is called to tell somebody about Jesus. <laughs> Why am I excited today? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, and so um, one of the things we must do, you must understand about PD is that when I, found some, when I find something, something really, really, really good, I tell everybody about it. Yeah. Whether it's music, whether it's food, I tell everybody about it. I blast it all over social media. You need to get this book. This book will change your life. Oh, you know, whatever it is, how much more the gospel? How much more? You know, you find a good restaurant. You tell everybody about it. Like, yo, you need to go there. You need to get this. And so we need to be that same way with the body of Christ. Paul is telling his son with, to, to share this news to those who will not be selfish. The gospel was never, meant, was never meant to be kept to oneself. It's selfish of us if we don't evangelize. And so here Paul is saying, evangelize, tell others. Let's go on. Verse 3. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. Let's take a look at this. In other words, take your part in the suffering of Christ. Suffer as a good soldier of Christ. It is possible to suffer as a bad soldier. AWOL, right? I mean, you, you, can, you can walk. When they, we're depending upon you, uh, the body of Christ, and the world to do what you call to do, you can walk and just, you know, quit your job. 
as First and Second Peter says, we must suffer as a Christian. Not suffer as a criminal, but as a Christian. Not suffer because of bad decisions, <laughs> because of Christian. And he says, no soldier gets caught up with the pursuit of this world as people who aren't soldiers. The aim of the soldier is to please the one who called them into the army. So don't get caught up in loving this life too much. Don't love this life too much, but keep your, keep your eyes on the prize. Go with me to 2 Timothy chapter 4, and let's look at verse 10. It says, for Demas, in love with what? This present world has deserted me. Go back to 2 Timothy chapter 2. So in other words, don't be like Demas who he decided to love the world. He loved the world so much that he left the work of the ministry. Let's look at verse 5, 5 and 6. It says this. It says, an athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is the hardworking farmer who, who ought to have the first share of the crops. Now, Paul ascends, realize you will be rewarded according to the rules you keep. If you work hard in becoming an honorable vessel, you, you will become the first ones to reap the harvest or receive the harvest of your labor. Paul describes the Christian life in three different ways. One, he describes it as a soldier in the army of the Lord. Then he describes it as an athlete and then as a hard-working farmer. So in, in other words, there's some lazy-working farmers. <laughs> and as we think about these three different ways, understand the Christian life can be at times like those in the army, those who are competing against other things, and a farmer who works to produce a harvest. Let's look at this. Army. Um, we, when you're in the army, you have a mission, and you must pursue the, the mission and not get distracted in this life. Um, when you're in the military, they tell you where, where to live, right? And where to go, and when to go, and what time to get up. There are, not, there are many distractions in this life, but it takes strength and grace to stay on task to what, with why we are here. So what are we fighting? We're fighting against a system that opposes the gospel. We're fighting, we're competing against a system the, the, our time, our energy, and then we're also uh, competing against time. We're not going to be on the earth forever. We don't have a long time on the earth. One day we're going to slip right into eternity, just like that. So Paul calls on Timothy to shun distractions and pay attention to his commander, Jesus Christ. Rigorous training is necessary. The victor's crown is the goal, which implies the approval of the judge. Timothy cannot be content with an, any kind of approach that is distracting, that is casual and self-indulging. In other words, Paul is calling Timothy as a soldier, I need you to be focused on the mission at task. I need you to prepare people for eternity. I need you to preach the word in season and out of season. I need you to fight your fight and run your race. Don't get distracted if you're running, right? What happens? You're in the race. You kind of like, you're focused on the prize. You're trying to get to the goal. But, but how many know that the weights, if you, you know, that's why 
correct me if I'm wrong, those who ran like 5Ks, 10Ks, 100Ks, um, whatever the case may be, and you're running, and, and you want to be light as possible. Come on, help me out, right? I've just been running a little bit. I, I was running before I got married, then I got married and stopped running, and now I'm running a little bit now. And so as I'm running on the treadmill, on, on the track, I, I want to be light. I don't want anything on me. Why? Why? Because the weight will slow me down. So what are some weights in your life that's slowing you down? What about the sin that so easily beset us that we get tripped, tripped all over? So the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, let us run with patience. Uh, patience. I mean, I'm on this weight, weight goal, right? I got, right, I think, 90 more pounds to go. And, and, and I'm running, and I'm like, oh, I want it tomorrow. It didn't get here by overnight. It got here over time. Yep. <laughs> and so, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and so, I need to run with patience the race that is set before me. Run with patience. It's how do you walk a million miles? One step at a time. And I heard the prophetess, Whitney Houston, saying step by step. Remix, the remix, the remix. <laughs> step by step. My God. And um, <laughs> thank you, Lord. Thank the Lord. And so um, we are running the race before us. And so Paul says we're competing. We're competing against our flesh. We're competing against the world. We're competing against the devil. We're competing against the time that we're living in. We're run, but I want you to run in such a way. I want you to do work according to the laws. Don't compete according to your own laws, but, but compete according to the laws that are already laid down. There's, there, there's also no victory without competing according to the rules. In serving Christ, the first rule is self-denial. Uh, it says, pick up your cross and follow me. Deny yourself. The first thing you need to do as, as you run this race as an athlete is you got to unfollow yourself. <laughs> Block yourself. And so we, we are to run this race in such a way that, if, 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 that we are self-directed service to Jesus our self-directed service to Jesus is invalid if, it's not, if we're not doing it to please him. But our obedience is, is the root of all genuine and fruitful service to him. That obedience may lead the servant of God in directions that they would, not, would rather not go. So as we competing according to the laws or the rules, we're going to do so according to his word. Let's look at the farmer. The farmer must work hard while it is the right season, so that the farmer can reap the harvest of his labor. I love the fact that he has, he, the farmer must eat the first crop. Be the first to eat from, the, from your labor in Christ. Before I can give them Christ, I must have him. Before I can lead to freedom for others, I must be free myself. I cannot lead where I've never been. And so here, Paul is telling Timothy, he says, be like the hard, the fact that they translated hardworking farmer. 
The hard work, you got to labor with the grace that God has given you. Grace is not passive. It's aggressive. It's engaging. Uh, and so, so as you, the, Paul says, the more grace I receive, the harder I work. And so as I get, grace does not make us, I'm just going to rest. No, no, no. You may rest, but the Bible says work while there's day. One of the blessings of the coming of Christ, as we die, we're going to enter into our rest. So you got time to rest. So work. Work now. Making of an honorable vessel. Work now. Because you ain't going to be able to work later. Once we enter eternity, there's no need. You, you ain't going to have time to get rewards. There's going to be a lot of weeping and gnashing of teeth. There's going to be people crying out, even saved folks. who I'm not talking about people who are not going to heaven, but Christians. And the Bible's the promise is he'll wipe away our tears. But why are we crying? Because we could have did so much more. We could have prayed more. We could have witnessed more. We could have lived more. Come on. Come on, I, I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen. I'm telling you, that day is upon us, and I sense his return so close. I found myself in my study this morning on my knees, and I prayed, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Come quickly. His return is upon us. And before you know it, we'll be standing right before him. And I don't want him to wipe away my tears of sadness. Let him wipe away my tears of joy. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad I, I, I sacrificed in this life. I worked hard in this life. I can rest later. I can sleep later. Uh, my favorite shows, if I'm not telling you, we all got our favorite shows, but he says, you know, give up the shows to pray. Get, give up the shows to understand your gospel, your faith a little bit more. Do what you got to do. Work out. I, I, was, I was convicted. I was kind of like feeling bad because I was spending a lot of time exercising and boxing and all this other stuff. And I was like, Lord, my time. And the Lord, Spirit of the Lord spoke to my heart. He says, your, your body, your workout of your body is worship. It's part of your worship. I said, okay, I'm good. I'm good. That's all I needed. I said, okay. So if, I, if it takes three hours, maybe three hours a day for me to get my body in shape, so I can do his will. That's part of my worship. Because I was getting convicted. I was like, I don't, you know, I want to be studying. And, you know, and, and Lord said, no, no, this is part. Because, because years ago when we were in Jamaica with a bunch of kids, nappy-headed kids, hard-headed. I was just kidding. Um, some of them were good. It's the Mexico crew. That was bad. <laughs> um, and, and so when we were in Jamaica... The Spirit of the Lord said to me, he told me a certain amount of time to pray in the Spirit. And then he told me, he said, and you need to get in shape. And then a few years ago, before the pandemic, he said to me, he says, you are on a trajectory of a heart attack. So lose this weight. So, I'm, so when you see me posted, because my lovely wife encourages me, because it's encouraging somebody else. I'm normally a private person, but I got it all out there to keep me accountable. <laughs> Where you at? I don't see your post today. <laughs> Sorry. All right, let's go back here. So the, the hardworking farmer. So we see this. This farmer is to partake of this gospel. Paul is describing the ministry as, as hardworking. Not just working, but hardworking. Let's look at verse 7. Verse 7 says, I'm almost finished. Verse 7 says, think over what I say. For the Lord will give you understanding in everything. If you have a Bible, highlight, 
I want you to highlight that. that. That thing changed my life. Think over what I say. For the Lord will give you, and you're too religious to write in your Bible, you need to get a new Bible. Um, think over what I say. For the Lord will give you understanding in everything. All right. If you take the effort to make your mind think about what Paul just got finished sharing in the word of God, you will get understanding of these things. Thinking Christians is what the Lord is after. We are to love the Lord with all of our minds. Some Christians are just the heart, just the heart. I just love the Lord. My emotions, I love the Lord. He heard my cry. And they emotional. And then they love the Lord with their bodies. They lift up their hands, they kneel. They don't love the Lord with their minds. We got some Christians, they left their minds at the door. When you come to church, you need to put your mind on. You need to, you need to think, wait, wait a minute, what you're saying is not your, oh, we're Jesus? I don't think so. This is not what the Bible says. I, 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 you're describing an experience that I don't see in the scriptures. That's thinking. People, they're in cults. Cults will tell you not to think. Uh, but the Bible commands us to think. He, we got to become thinkers. Um, don't just okay everything. Don't amen everything. I listen to people. They be like, you know, you know what I'm saying, right? I just look at them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, right? And, and, you, and else they'll repeat that. You know what I'm saying, right? They don't know what they're saying. Uh, he's like, you had church today? I had church today. Oh, he preached. What did he preach about? Uh, um, um, it was good. We worship. We dance. Okay. It's okay to dance and worship, but you got to think while you dance and worship. Because when I think of the goodness of God. <laughs> so, so the more I think, the more I can dance and praise and shout. I mean, amen. Wor you hear worship. It worship in spirit and in truth. And our word is truth. So, so don't worship out of emotion. Ah, ah. No, worship. Oh, because he's good. I just understood the passage. He's good. He's awesome. He's majest majestic. He's, he, he's to be adored. Heavens, the heavens clap. The, 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 the stars speak of his glory. Why am I doing this today? Because <laughs> I have more energy because I ran. <laughs> glory to God. Amen. Um, let's, let's look at this again. Um, so think over what I say, and the Lord will give you understanding in all and everything and everything. Think over what I say. There was a time I was at, <laughs> y'all know, know this, uh, just these two ladies right here knew, know about this. I went to school, a DJ school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and I, to learn how to be a DJ, and uh, I went through the classes, I was producing commercials and whatnot, and... I couldn't pass the test. So I was like, Lord, I, I don't understand. Like, I, I'm praying in tongues, and I just couldn't understand the test. And, and the Holy Ghost gave me the scripture, think over what I say. And the Lord give you understanding. And so I, what I did is I took the materials, and I began to not only read, because, you know, reading is not thinking. I mean, it can include thinking, but you can read and not think. And so I, as I read over the material, I started thinking about it. And I went in and passed the test. The Lord will give you all understanding of all things, thinking. And so the word think, uh, we, we should think about the word and not just read it. Think about it. Um, when, when, when the angel came to, Mo, uh, to Mary, she pondered all those things. 
um, that you see individuals, they ponder over things. And as they were pondering, perhaps they fell into a trance or uh, they had some kind of vision from Jesus. But it was because, so thinking is important. Your thinking is the breeding ground for the Lord to give you revelation and understanding. Let me say it again. That's worth a quote. Thinking, your thinking is the breeding ground for the Lord to give you revelation and understanding. Don't be lazy with your thinking. Think and meditate on the word. Thinking is part of meditation. And here we, uh, 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 thinking, the word think in the Greek means to drag through your mind over and over again. Drag it through your mind. You know there's some things that go through your mind again and again and again. So, so think. Dragging through. Dragging through. Well, what, what is Paul saying? What is the Holy Ghost saying? Who is God in this passage? And who is humanity? What is the timeless truths in this passage? Drag it through your mind. Wear your mind out. Oh, think, think about it. War with that prophecy. You got a prophetic word that bears witness with your spirit. War with it. Think about it. Pray through it. Rehearse it over and over again. You do it anyway. On the bad things. You think about all the bad stuff that's going to happen. Oh, I'm going to die. Oh, there's, oh, maybe I got cancer. Oh, this arthritis is taking over. Oh, the world is falling away. Oh, <laughs> you think about, you're doing it anyway. You're dragging something through your mind. And if you're not, somebody else is dragging something through your mind. Something is going through your mind. What's running through your mind? What's running through your mind? Something is running through your mind. So Paul says, take your mind. Christian mind, develop a Christian mindset. Develop a Christian mind and think over what I've just told you. And if you think about, sometimes when people are praying for revelation, God, give me a revelation. Oh, God, I want a revelation. Revelation comes as a result of prayer and the reading and the thinking of the passages. Think over it. Think of, sometimes people are praying, 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 and they, all they do is pray in the spirit and never think. And I promise you that the Holy Ghost is praying while they're praying in their tongues. The Holy Ghost is, Lord, please let them get in the word. Please let them think about the word. Please, please, Lord. Oh, God, they're praying in the spirit and yet looking at mafia movies. Oh, God, they're praying in the spirit and listen to breaking my soul, <laughs> breaking my soul. Lord, I, Lord, Lord, let them get in the word, God. Oh, God, I'm pray, I promise you that the Holy Ghost is interceding. If you're not in the word and you're praying in tongues, the Holy Ghost is interceding for you to get in the word. Sometimes people think they're praying out great mysteries and the mysteries. Oh, get in the word. Oh, let's, let's break up the fallow ground, that thing that stops them from studying the scriptures. Oh, God, I pray, let, let there be a birthing of a love for the word of God. Oh, Lord, Lord, God, I pray. And I, I promise you the Holy Ghost is praying that through you. Sometimes people think they all so deep, they interceding for the China, and the China is right here. <laughs> Holy Ghost is like China, China. Yeah, yeah, I'm praying for the nation. China, oh yes, oh, I'm praying for the murder, the martyrs. Oh, and the Lord says, no, let you let you be a murder, martyr, murder of your time, <laughs> crucify yourself. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Uh, Paul is telling Timothy about. Three ways in which to think about the Christian life. My last few scriptures, verses eight and nine. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering bound with chains as a criminal, but the word of God is not bound. 
I love the fact that he says, remember Jesus. Everybody say, remember Jesus. He's telling Paul, Timothy, to remember Jesus. Bring, again, that's that thinking, bring your mind back to Jesus. Who is this Jesus? I'm glad you asked. He is, he is no longer on the cross, but he is risen. He is the offspring of David. I preached him, I preach him in my gospel. Are we hearing sermons? Who, who's being preached? And he says, I'm suffering because of who I am preaching. I am in chains as a criminal because of who I am preaching. They have locked me up because of the gospel. They're not locked up because of some other reason. He's not locked up. What a blessing and a privilege it is to be in prison for the gospel. What a blessing it is to suffer because of Christ. I'm not talking about suffering, sickness, disease, and poverty, and pain, or depression. I'm talking about suffering, persecution. Because Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, those that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. So have you been persecuted recently? Perhaps you're not living godly enough. We got to live so, so much. We got to have so much God in us. We need, if you want to hang out with un, un, unsafe friends, you need to have more God in you than they have sin in them. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Lord. Persecution, being persecuted because of the message we're declaring to the gospel, to the world. This is biblical suffering. Then he ends with, with this. With the word of God, he says the word of God is not what? Bound. He might, he might be bound in chains, but the word isn't. You can, bind, you can bind the messenger, but you can't bind the message. You can kill all the Christians in the world and try to shut them up, but the message will still prevail. You can't stop the word of God from going forth. The word cannot be stopped. You may not do your part. But the word is still going to work. I can, it can be proclaimed. The word can be proclaimed through unqualified vessels and honorable vessels. Well, what Bible you have? I'm glad you asked. Philippians chapter 1 says, you know, some preach Christ of strife and some preach for money. Some preaching for these things to add to my afflictions. But nevertheless, Christ is preached. So you may have unholy vessels preaching the gospel. But God can use anybody. But I don't want to just be used by God. I want to be usable. I want to be a vessel met for the master's use. You can kill the Christ who is the message, but he'll rise again. This is what the word of God is not bound. The word of God is not bound. Glory to God. We're going to end on that note. But I'm going to give you, you know, I got some takeaways. So the making of an honorable vessel requires the following. And we are to do part two next week. The, the, the making of an honorable vessel. As I think about, go, uh, yeah, just hold on, hold on. Uh, as, as we think about making something, right? When you make something, uh, you know, I, I, I've been known to make brownies. Um, I, let me just give you something new that I, I discovered uh, maybe 20 years ago. Um, dump cake, the making of a dump cake. Let me take you through my process. And so um, you, you can put whatever kind of fruit you want in it. And so what I, I usually like is I like to get cherries. Cherries. I get the cherries and I got, get pineapple. So I get uh, just a pan 
and, uh, and I dump it. Then I put a yellow cake and I, I sprinkle the yellow cake all over evenly, all over everything. Then I take a stick of butter and I chop it up. It, it, the recipe actually tells you to melt, like melt the, the um, butter. But I, I, I rebelled because I, I just, I think it tastes better without melted. So I, I cut it up and I lay it all over the cake. And if you like pecans or walnuts, you can chop them up, lay them as well all over the cake and you bake it for 45 minutes. And you let it come out and it's ready. Get you some ice cream. That's the making of a dump cake. The making of an honorable vessel. What do you need? I got some, I got some ingredients for you based on the passage. The first one is you need some strength. You, you know, you can't be a vessel. You know, think about a pipe. When I think about vessels, sometimes I think about pipes. And, you, you know, the pipe can get rusted over years and over time. So, you, 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 you know, and, and if, if it's weak, if the vessel is weak, if the pipe is weak, it, it can start leaking. And so it, it doesn't, it is not able to carry the glory of the water. And so we, we, we need to, to, to make sure that, that we are connected with, with Christ and that his strength, we're strengthened. And so he strengths, you need some strength to be a vessel of the Lord. See, it, 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 you know, some people, I just want to be a vessel, <laughs> you know, and that sounds good. But to be a real vessel, you got to have some grace working in your life. So strength that is empowered by grace. That's the first one. Strength empowered by grace. You need that. That's the making of an honorable vessel. You got to have some strength because this vessel is going to be persecuted. This vessel is going to go through some tough times, through some seasons, winter and, and summer and fall and spring and, and rain and snow and hell and storms. Speaks of life. The vessel. You have to prepare the vessel. The vessel has to have that strength that, that only grace can give it. That, that grace needs to be all up in the vessel that in order for it to be the right vessel, an honorable vessel. There are some vessels, but they're not honorable. Because later on that chapter says that in the, in the great house, there, there's vessels of wood and clay and gold and silver. And so we, we got to make sure that this vessel is strengthened with the grace of God, that there's strength to endure, strength to stand. Even as I hear the word of God say in Ephesians 6, having done all to stand, stand therefore. That strength causes you to stand when everybody's slipping and sliding and, and bent over and, and not right. They're crooked. The grace causes them to stand. Reminds me of Romans 5. It says, by grace we stand. It's by the grace of God we stand. Oh, God, we're able to stand upright. And, and you know, sometimes we, we, that vessel, if, if it's weak, it's not able to have, maintain the flow of the glory. And so you see people, they start out right. You see, it doesn't matter how you start. It, it, it's, it's how you finish. You know, you may start out crooked, but the Holy Ghost get a hold and make you straight. But it's what you're going to be at the end. He that endured to the end shall be saved. Yes. So are you going to be able to endure? You need grace. You start it with grace, and you got to make it to the end with grace. Number two. You're going to be a vessel of honor, the making. You, you got to start out by sharing the gospel. You got to share the gospel. 
How can you be a vessel of God and you don't tell the world about his message? You want them to feel the love. But you need the message. I'm not after the felt needs of people. I'm not against Gary Chapman. You know, the love, love languages and so forth. But I'm not trying to minister to the love languages of people. I'm trying to minister the gospel. The love languages won't save them in eternity. <laughs> it may save their marriage, <laughs> but it won't save, their, save them in eternity. So you got to have the gospel. You got to share the gospel. And number three, you got to stay with the mission. Like the soldier, stay with the mission. What's the mission? The Great Commission. You got to stay with that mission of making disciples, whether it's with your kids, with your relatives, or your co-workers, or your family. You got to stay with the mission. Don't love this life. Don't enjoy fellowship with people so much that you don't share the good news of, being, of them being reconciled to God through Christ. The true fellowship. I friend people just to, so they can get to know Jesus. That I really do. I I I have, I don't, you know, people like me. If you like me, it's because I'm trying to, I'm praying for favor with you so I can get you closer to Jesus. And so I I mean, I know that kind of might be twisted. Oh, we've been friends way back when, but I really want to be your friend so I can tell you about Jesus. I was born in your family so I can tell you about Jesus. <laughs> you you were just having a little brother cousin, <laughs> but really the brother cousin wants to show you how to do it. Montana Jordan, this is how we do it. You know, I'm going to always make reference to that song until Jesus comes back. And, and when I'm 80, they were like, what is They're going to be looking up. This is how we do it. Pastor, they cussing that song. <laughs> do they cussing that song? They don't cussing that song. They, but they talk about parties, right? <laughs> this is how we do it in Kershaw? What, what is it? South Side. South Side. South Central. Oh, the AKA's got it, huh? <laughs> um. Number four, where's Christina? <laughs> Number four, live according to the rules. Live according to the rules. You're going to be a vessel of honor, um, an honorable vessel. You got to live according to the rules, whatever the rules of the word of God. And got two more. Number five. Number five is think and meditate on scriptures. You need some scriptures. How can you be a vessel met for the master's use? When God is a God of words, and he has given us his word, so you got to be full of words in order to be a vessel. He wants to flow through you, use your mouth as a mouthpiece, but if you have no word in you, there's nothing for the Holy Ghost to bring to your remembrance, and there's nothing for the Holy Ghost to move on. He does not move on opinions. He does not move on controversial things. He moves on the word. So you got to think and meditate. Get full of the word. And last but not least, if you're going to be a, a vessel of honor, you got to remember Jesus. Remember Jesus. Cause your mind to come back to Jesus. Who is this Jesus? According to, Paul says, according to my gospel, he was risen from the dead. He's the offspring of David. David said, Lord, he prophesied, David said, the Lord said unto my Lord. <laughs> You hear you don't know Jesus in the pardon of your sins. Today's your day of salvation. Jesus died in your place so you can have eternity with the Father and with Jesus and with the Holy Spirit. God is calling you to himself. 
If you're in this building or are listening through way of some type of social media platform, today I, the Lord is calling you. He says, today, if you hear my voice, harden not your heart. Open up your heart and receive Christ. Today, there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And Jesus himself, God the Father, was running to humanity through Christ. He came in the person of Jesus to rescue us from our sins and deliver us from evil and to bring us back to a place, to Father's house. There is a place and a spot for the Father in Father's house for you. And today, he wants you to be in that place. There is a heaven to gain and a hell to avoid. If you're here or online and you say, I want to receive Jesus, I want you to be bold and brave enough and lift up your hands. Though I may not see it if you're online, God sees everything. And today, he's calling you and beckoning you to come to him. So let's pray this prayer. If you're in this building or online or listening to us on some kind of platform, I want to give you this opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. I promise you it's the best decision you'll ever make in your life. That heaven is, await, is waiting for you. So pray this prayer as we join you in prayer. Pray this prayer with us and mean it with your heart. There's no magic in the prayers, but it's faith in God. And one way we release our faith is through our words. So let's pray this prayer. Say, Father God, I come to you in Jesus' name. I believe with all my heart that you sent Jesus to die for my sins. That on the third day, he was raised from the dead. And I boldly confess before heaven, before humans, and before the devil and his angels that Jesus is Lord. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, welcome to the family of God. Heaven is rejoicing. We're rejoicing. Contact the ministry and we'll get some information to you to help you along this journey called faith. Glory to God. That concludes this week's message and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His word. God bless you.